although we are medical professionals, we are not your medical professionals. And please seek your own medical professional for guidance on exactly how to deal with your diabetes. Ours are just suggestions and ideas that we've had. Welcome to episode three of that One Type Podcast. We have here with us Tisha and Tim, your hosts. And Trevor, the sound guy. Right. Yeah. And today we're here to talk about what, guys? Today we are going to talk about sick day management because we weren't able to record last week because one of us was sick. Yes. I was healthy, so we'll let you figure out who that was. And Trevor was healthy as well. You were healthy, right, Trevor? Possibly. Okay. All right. But you didn't call out. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, Yeah. but you didn't call out. Uh, I didn't get a phone call from you that said, we can't record tonight. Sorry, guys. (laughs) That's okay. We still love you. Uh, But since you were sick, let's talk about sick day management and and, uh, things that go along with being sick as a person with diabetes, because... If you don't have diabetes, you get sick, you take some medication, and um, you call out, and the next day you're fine, and life is good, and you're back to work, or you're playing hooky because you just want to milk it. But as a diabetic person with diabetes, especially a type 1, then we have other considerations. So what what was going on with you last week? Um, so last week, I had a sinus infection. I knew it was coming on because, well, I had my headache and everything, and I just thought it was a regular headache until it didn't go away. And my blood sugars were high, and I couldn't bring them down. Okay. So then I decided I have to go to the doctor because something's going on with me because my blood sugars just don't act up to act up. So how um, how far in advance did you see your blood sugars changing? Uh, about two days before. About two days. Okay. Yeah. So if your blood sugars are consistently, I mean, you, you know what your range is with your blood sugars. So yeah. 48 hours. 48 hours, um, hours prior. You see it spiking or, or trending upwards. Yeah. Oh. It's out of its green zone. It's no longer there in right. my normal for me. Right, right. Um, so my normal blood sugars run between 150 to about 198. That's normal for me. Okay. Um, and I was running up above 250 all the way up to, I think my highest was like 390. Okay. So yeah, so, that's, that's a little high. Uh, yeah. So that's telling me just because I've known my body for so long that, okay, you have some type of infection going on. You need antibiotics. Right. So right. then I went and took myself to urgent care to see what was going on. Okay. So coupled with the headache that. and... Um, yeah. Were you running a temperature? Do you get fevers um, with your sinus no, infections? No, not with the sinus infections. I okay. don't run fevers. But okay. So a couple with the headache and the, pressure. the spiking blood sugars and the pressure mm-hmm. in the head and all that, um, you recognize there was something wrong with your body. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's really important as a person with any kind of chronic illness, uh, but especially with type 1 diabetes and type 2, uh, is the accountability Oh, yeah, as, as a patient, you need to be accountable for your care. You don't have a doctor living in your closet. And if you do, um, we probably don't know <laughs> about that. Um, so you don't have that access uh, to run to the, to the doctor like that. No. Uh, and so you have to recognize what's 
deviation worthy. Yeah. You know, because certainly if you carb loaded and you didn't adjust your insulins, then you're, you're going to see that mm-hmm. um, spike. I always say to my patients, you know, if we can't account for why your blood sugar spiked, then we've got to investigate what's going on. And um, the first question we will look at is, are you getting sick? Yeah. You know, what other symptoms are you having? Um, and so you recognize that, and that's you know, that's the good thing. And so you, off you went to urgent care. Yeah. Um, and, and were they as cooperative? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, me being in the dental field and having... My knowledge of the head and sinuses and right. everything, I could go in there and tell them I have a sinus infection. They check what they have to check, and they're like, yep, you're right, and I right. work out with antibiotics. Yeah, they pushed on your eyes, blow your eyes, looked at your nose. Yeah. Went, Does this hurt? <laughs> yes. It's kind of squishy. Good. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, good. And I do my, like, I do it. I know what to do. To, I know I shouldn't, but I do know, more or less, but um, yeah, so. Right. And I also do tell them that I know my blood sugars are high, cause when you go into urgent care, they always make you test your blood sugar. What was your last A1C? Right. All this stuff. And I'm like, my A1C is good, but I just, my blood sugars are high right now. If I test it for you, I'm going to be high and you're going to want me to take insulin. Right. Right. Which is really not a bad idea at some point. But yeah. um, at this point, you, you needed to worry about the, the sinus. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, so we're looking at, all right, so they, they diagnose your, your sinus infection and the sinusitis. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm sure they advise you when you go home take some insulin. Yes. Um, check your blood sugars every two hours. And so they gave stuff. you a little sick day plan. Check it every yeah. two hours and see, see how you're doing. Um, and when I checked on you, what was the first thing I asked you? If I had ketones. Right. Uh, and of course yes. you did. Yeah. Um, and I, that, I mean, I, I wasn't surprised at that. No, that's um, normal. Yeah. Ketone. Well, but it's normal with illness. Oh, it's normal with illness and uh, your blood sugar is running high. Right, exactly. And that, you know, over 250, you know, we, that's yeah. when we start to see ketones. Um, and you were in that range where it, that wasn't um, a healthy response. Yeah, no. Um, and so that definitely warranted some insulin too. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, you did the right things. You were accountable for your care. You went, you saw them, they advised you. Um, but when you have an infection or any kind of infection, which makes it different than being a non-diabetic. Um, infections feed on glucose. They do. And that's how they go rampant. And so if you've got a body that's producing glucose, like smorgasbord style, uh, and you don't get that under control, that infection is going to get worse. Yeah. Um, and um, infections uh, that are in your head can go to your heart. Uh, and, you know, we don't want to see anybody have any kind of heart damage because they didn't treat that infection that's in their sinuses. Very true. Um, I've got a quick question. Yes, sir. Is that the primary way that diabetes affects immune responses or infections? Is that high level of glucose that infections feed on? Or are there other ways that... Um, that, that diabetes can affect your immune situation. So diabetes um, makes you immunocompromised. It decreases your ability to fight infections. Okay, so that on top of Correct. having um, uh, 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 um, more glucose present for infections to feed on. Right, Jeez. it's, it's okay. a combination, it's a vicious cycle. Um, and so as a diabetic, we need to 
stay on top of our, our blood sugar levels. So like urgent care advised Tish was go home and test every two hours mm-hmm. uh, and, and fix, you know, with, with mm-hmm. micro doses of insulin uh, to get it to a, an acceptable point where you're not producing ketones. Yeah. Uh, because at this point at 250 or higher, um, the body is now recognizing that uh, it's not receiving glucose into the cells. Uh, and so it's going to make its own through uh, fat um, destruction. It's going to catabolize fat. Are there fat. particular infections that are more dangerous given that higher level of glucose? Are there ones that you super duper want to avoid? Like, oh, I heard that my that so and so has whatever, so I'm definitely not, or so and so's kids have whatever, so I can't go over to their house kind of thing. Um, like colds or um, as a person with diabetes, you you want to avoid those things. Just just so. just across the board. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's I'm, not. I'm super cautious when people are, are tell me that their kids have the flu. Yeah. Or like. Oh, my kid might have the chicken pox. Like, yeah. so those, yeah. there are certain things that I am cautious about because I know when I get the flu, I actually run low. My blood sugars run low because I can't hold anything down to keep my blood sugars at a steady level. Nice. Right. And so, so. We, we've been so trained as people that require insulin to take your insulin. Yeah. Always take your insulin. Yeah. Well, the next step is eat. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so you might get up, you, you, you know you're ill, you've got the flu or a cold or something, um, and you're not counting on if you've taken your insulin and you sit down to have breakfast getting nauseous or having breakfast and then right. vomiting mm-hmm. it. Now you're stuck because you have insulin on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that's the situation that people run into because they can't keep anything down. Um, and that comes back to accountability. Yeah. If, if you don't have a sick day plan, and part of a sick day plan is, well, what do you do if you throw up? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that if you, if you throw up and you've taken your insulin? Um, and usually what we advise is uh, Pedialyte or Gatorade, you know, the, the two very the very two things that we say, stay away from mm-hmm. uh, normally because they're sugar. so high in sugar. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're yeah. vomiting, the Pedialyte and the Gatorade have uh, electrolytes. So... You lose a lot of electrolytes. Does anybody time. just ever drink salt water? Salt water will make you sick. Oh. In high doses. I mean, so, yeah, I guess you could sip on it. I feel um, like that's Gatorade without the sugar, right? Uh, Gatorade's got a lot of other electrolytes in it. Okay. Uh, so, remember, Gatorade was designed for, was it the, the Gators, the yeah. University of yeah. Florida, Florida yeah. State, actually. But it was not because those guys were burning through massive electrolytes in their workouts and, right. and things. Um, and so that's why it was designed. Really, Gatorade is, unless you're an athlete and you're using it for um, recovery, Gatorade really shouldn't be imbibed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Pedialyte or any electrolyte um, replacement drinks, uh, because they do have sugar in them too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when you're sick... We, we don't really care about you being tightly controlled. We just want to keep you from being hypo under 70 milligrams where you, you go into convulsions if it goes yeah. too low. Um, so how do you manage when you're sick? How do you manage um, maintaining your blood sugar above 70? Um, so I actually check my blood sugar about every three to four hours. 
I don't do that every two hours and I don't do once an hour mm-hmm. just because um, how insulin resistant I am if I'm giving myself too much insulin. Right. Because I already run high as it is. So if I'm giving myself too much insulin before my body is able to react to it, then mm-hmm. I'm going to go low. Right, right. Um, and the... I'd rather run that borderline. Sure. Um, just to be on the safe side than to screw myself and be fighting with right. my own body. Right, yeah. exactly. And that's what you'd be doing. Um, so when we take mm-hmm. insulin back to back to back to back, it's called stacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, but insulin has its own profile. It's got its own graph. Yeah. Uh, and when you start piling them up, you run into this problem of all of a sudden it all hitting at the same time. And now you just drop, Crash. you plummet. Um, because it's stacked on top of one another. That doesn't sound great. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not fun at all to experience. No, no. That's when it, you're yelling for whoever is living with you, bring mm, me something, my blood right. sugar's low, I can't move. Right, right. Um, I know uh, at home, when, well, when I was on the East Coast, um, and I would drop in the middle of the night, and I would yell out to my wife, fruit me! Fruit me. Fruit me. I use um, cans of uh, fruit cocktail. Um, and, so, and she knew when I asked for help. Yeah. And I try not to ask for help. And, um, but yeah, fruit me. So, uh, so Tim, just yes, so we don't get people confused. Um, huh. Because uh, everything going on with everybody doing this keto diet. Ketones for diabetics is different than going and putting yourself into ketosis. The only reason why I'm pointing this out is because I've had to explain this to people before. So ketones, what are ketones? So the ketone is a byproduct of the body um, eating itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for a person that's doing an Atkins or whatever ketone diet that they're prescribed or subscribed to. Um, The reason that they are eating such high protein diets is to prevent the body from destroying their muscles. Um, And it's only going to be eating fat. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're also not eating carbohydrates. They're they're limited to 14 grams a day. Yeah. uh, And nothing more than that because science has figured out that at 14 or lower grams of carbohydrate, the body won't produce insulin. But when you hit 15, the body will produce insulin. And insulin is the kryptonite of ketones. Mm-hmm. So the, the presence of insulin will immediately stop the ketone process. And so now you're not in ketosis any longer. You're yes. just eating a lot of protein, which is high nutri- high calorie. Yeah. Um, okay. And so you're not losing weight anymore. Now you're gaining weight because you're not staying in a ketotic state. So for a diabetic, diabetics can do a ketone diet. Yeah, but... Um, they just have to make sure that um, they're not going into ketoacidosis, mm. um, which is the production of acid. But it's also easy to get there. It's also easy to get there. And um, so you have to monitor... Frequently, you have to monitor yeah. your urine frequently. There are also blood tests that they have now that are home blood tests for ketone monitoring. They're Not actually designed like the for diabetics, but <laughs> you know. Um, but we can do it. Uh, it's just it's a tightrope. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure but just there's... so people understand, we yeah. we have ketones, we have too much sugar. 
Right. In we, our we, have we have ketones because we're not putting ourselves through ketosis. Right. We're not putting ourselves into ketosis uh, intentionally. No. We have it because the body thinks there's not enough sugar um, in the system to go into the cells, mm-hmm. which it really boggles my mind. And you'll probably hear me say this multiple times on multiple episodes how smart the body is, how smart the brain is, except it doesn't realize that your blood sugar is 400 and it thinks it's not getting any glucose. So let's make more. And then it starts in with fat and protein destruction. Yeah. And you know, that that normally would work. Do it. Uh, in, a, in a healthy body, uh, which is why the Atkins and things work, because it destroys the fat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a diabetic, if you're not intentionally trying to do a ketone diet and you're not being advised. So if you want to do a ketone diet, there's nothing um, wrong with that. Talk to a nutritionist. Talk to, talk to the right nutritionist and talk to your doctor. There's a, a lot of nutritionists that are anti-ketone. Yeah. Um, but, but find the right person to advise you. Uh, and that person should be a medically trained person that has some medical credentials, not just somebody that's been successful with it, um, so that you don't hurt yourself because uh, it will put you in the hospital. It, it messes di- diabetic ketoacidosis, also known as DKA, um, messes with all sorts of chemistry in your body. Oh, I've been hospitalized for for high DKA. Ketone? Yeah. Okay. It was great. Yeah, I mean, it's um, I, it's it was, not go to the emergency room and we'll send you up to the medical floor. It's go to the emergency yeah. room and we'll put you in the intensive care unit. Yes. Uh, because I was it can also stop a stubborn your heart. teenager. Didn't uh, yeah, want to listen to my mother teenager. or. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, it's it, again. It comes back to accountability. Um, do you remember how you felt when you had DK? Mm, now I was in pain. Pain. I was exhausted. Right. Right. Because your body is dehydrated. running a marathon. Right. You're dehydrated because why do you have DK? Because your blood sugar was probably three, four, five, yeah. six, seven hundred. Um, your body is running a marathon, trying to get it recovered, mm-hmm. uh, and so you were also urinating. Like crazy. Oh yeah, um, like every fifteen every, minutes. Yeah, that was yeah. bad. Yeah, um, and so your body is just tired, and your heart rate is increased. Your mm-hmm. blood pressure is increased uh, because you're dehydrated. On top yeah. of that, um, you know, your your body is just it's in turmoil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so DKA is is not uh, it's not fun. Not fun. Um, so if anybody is like, well, you're just going to ketosis, then you'll lose weight. No. No, no, no. Yeah, I get told you that will so lose many weight times. in DKA. Yeah. I mean, but not healthy. But not healthy. No, because once you get controlled and get all of the DKA gone, you will be eating again. Yeah, uh, and and put it back on. Um, and that's something we can talk about um, on another um, episode: is um, diabulimia and, and people that use their diabetes against themselves to to lose weight. Or to to have better body image, perceived body image, you know, it's it still falls into that anorexia um, uh, and bulimia. Is that just category. by not treating it properly? Well, uh, you know, yeah. a little knowledge is dangerous, and they go, "Well, I'll just take half as much insulin because that'll uh, make my blood sugars go up, and that'll cause ketosis to make me lose weight, and I'll lose weight." Jesus. Yeah, uh, until they convert yeah. into ketoacidosis. And now, you know, and, and just like. Uh, you know, people that have anorexia and believe me that suffer from that, you know, they're not telling anybody anything. 
and, and they're trying to act normal. And it's not until they get to that critical looking stage where somebody finds them passed out mm-hmm. that it becomes serious. Right. So uh, we, we don't want anybody to, to be using their diabetes against them. It's bad enough having diabetes, uh, so try, try not to fight with it at the same time. So, so you know, back to the accountability. When, when do we call the doctor? When oh. things aren't working. Yeah, when things aren't working or when you need antibiotics. When you need antibiotics, right? Because um, um, certainly, I mean, I'm sure so, you have some remedies that you try because you have oh, yeah. sinus infections. You have things that you try. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we talked earlier about, you know, natural remedies. Yeah. So what do you, you know, how, why do you, not why, what do you turn to, um, to, to help alleviate things that are growing or that are happening in your body? So um, I am very big on my vitamins. Um, I do my essential oils and my teas, and I do all that. Um, When I'm sick, when I start seeing my blood sugar spike, like I told you earlier, Mm -hmm. I start drinking emergency like there's no tomorrow. Right. Because I don't want to be sick. I don't like being sick. I don't like my blood sugars. I mean, it's not like when we get sick, oh, we just have a cold, and our bodies don't feel good. Well, our bodies also don't feel good from our high blood sugars. Our bodies are also exhausted because not only is it fighting the illness, it also mm-hmm. has to deal with our diabetes, too. So I feel like right. I'm just extra exhausted when I'm sick. Yeah. Um, I, when I, because it was a sinus infection, um, I use the neti pot. Okay, so you use the neti pot, right? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Get the humidifier going. Mm-hmm. I use all that to keep my sinuses clear, put essential oils. Uh-huh. Um, heating pad for pressure and stuff. I'm really big on not taking over-the-counter medicines, even with my daughter. I just feel like I already put so much uh, chemically enhanced in my body. I don't want to add to it. Right, right. Uh, And that's that's understandable. There's certainly a lot of good um, natural homeopathic Mm -hmm. and um, other types of remedies that aren't chemically produced. Um, For example, your quills. Yes. And... NyQuil, um, ibuprofen. ibuprofen, yeah, Tylenol. Um, so there, there is a time and a place for anti-inflammatories and is, antipyretic yeah. and analgesics. I mean, we the, it's the ibuprofen and the, the um, Tylenols. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you've got an inflammatory process going on, like your mm-hmm. sinus. Yeah, I if, was taking Tylenol 3 because I was in so much pain. Okay, that's pretty serious. Yeah. Um, okay. Um so there's a time for those things because those are the things that work. They, they break that pain cycle. Um, if the compress, the hot compress doesn't work and the neti's not clearing it out because it's yeah. producing more um, stuff than the neti pot can deal with faster than you mm-hmm. can get it out. Then you have to go to the over-the-counter with your sinus and cold right. medicine. You, you've got to go to those things. But um, you, you've got to be careful when you're looking at those things. Um, so last... Or when we started this COVID thing, <laughs> uh, pre-COVID, it was that December before COVID, um, I was sick, and I swear it was COVID, but doctor said it wasn't. Yes. Um, I yeah. swear it was COVID. It was all those symptoms. Um, and, and a lot of people, including myself, were the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I don't get sick. I'm not one of those people. So when I got sick, my wife's like, there's something wrong. Mm. You know, I mean, I even call it out at work. I don't call out for being sick. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, 
my go-to med when I am sick is Mucinex. Uh, 1,600 milligrams of glyphenicin will kill anything, hmm. you know, respiratory. It will knock anything respiratory <clears throat> out. Um, and I pill? was, uh, well, they have pills. They have um, capsule things, uh, and yeah. they also have liquid. Um, and so I prefer the liquid. Uh, um, brave. It, it gets in Gross. faster. Yeah, it's, it's bad tasted <laughs> stuff. It is nasty stuff. I need a chaser with that. <laughs> Bacterial? Uh, no, no. It's um, it's uh, antitussive. It's a cough syrup. Oh, okay. Uh, but I was coughing. Yeah. Coughing a lot. Yeah. Um, and uh, it didn't touch it, which normally I take it, and within 20 minutes, my cough is gone for whatever the period is, four, six, eight hours. It didn't touch it. Um, so I ended up having to go to the urgent care. Because um, it was a powerful cough. It was powerful. Yeah, I mean, it was interfering with sleep. Oh, no. Yeah, so you can't sleep because you're coughing oh, constantly. No. And, um, this is that cough. Everybody's getting, like, that's burning your lungs. Yeah, you're like, coughing and coughing, and your lungs are starting to burn. Um, yeah, and, and so I had that. I had a temperature. You know, I, I had a temperature for four or five days, uh, and then it would break. And then I thought, okay, great. And then about a week later, it came back. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is, this is BS. So <laughs> before you got this, did your... Did you have any signs from your blood sugars or that you could remember? <sighs> um, yeah, you know, I had just exactly what you described. Um, I saw my blood sugars starting to rise. Um, and um, I had really had really decent controls mm-hmm. at that point. I mean, I, there have been times in my life when I haven't. And so I wouldn't have recognized that it was spiking. Yeah. But um, at that point in my life, I had decent control. Uh, my A1C was under seven, uh, so my blood sugars were doing really good. So I started seeing it climb, and then when that cough hit, and I started feeling like crap, I couldn't get it, you know, under yeah. two fifty, um, no matter how much I tried. Um, and I'm stubborn. I'm a healthcare professional, um, <laughs> so you know, right? So you know, I, I didn't seek help because I wasn't at a point where um, I was worried. Okay, so at what point do you call the doctor? Who do I call the doctor? Well, um, when the cough didn't go away after trying to treat it, you know, and treating it with medicine um, and um, a chaser of Jack. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and actually the Jack helped more than the Mucinex than didn't the Mucinex it? did. <laughs> um, and so at that point, as I said, I went to the urgent care. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't coughing anything up, but I was short of breath. Couldn't take a deep breath. You know, I wanted to make sure there was no pneumonia going on. Yeah. Um, because I was short of breath and it was coughing, and uh, and my blood sugars were going up, and, uh, and so I went to the urgent care, and uh, they did their thing, and they said, "Well, we, at that point, so this was early January when I went to urgent care. Um, COVID had hadn't come over full was, force here. It was just being talked about. It was being talked about." Um, and so they weren't even thinking about that. Um, but she listened to my lungs, and um, I told her you know, um, that the Mucinex was not doing it. And normally, that, that, that covers it. And she said, well, um, then we'll give you some Tessalon pearls. Uh, so for those of you that are not familiar with Tessalon, Tessalon is a pseudocodine. Um, and codeine was created originally to stop coughs. Yes, hmm. it was. And then what they found out was it stopped pain, too. Um, and so uh, they would give codeine as a cough medicine. 
then they still give codeine as cough medicine. You, mm-hmm. you have an old school enough doc. <laughs> if you, you look at the prescription, it says with codeine on yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and then codeine is not for pain. It's for your cough. It will stop It's a cough. cough suppressant. Yeah, it's a cough suppressant. Um, but they created this Tessalon, which is a pseudo-codeine. Um, and it has the same power as codeine without the narcotic. Mm. Uh, and uh, she put me on that, and that didn't help either. So at that point, I wasn't going to ask for codeine. Um, coughs, unless they you know, put you in the hospital, will go away. Yeah, and you know what they said to me was it's it's probably viral. Little did they know, Um, (laughs) and it will run its course. And that's the thing with viruses; they will run their course, Uh, and whatever, however long that course is, it Mm. could be three months. Um, But she said, "Come back if if, you know you don't get any better." Uh, But if I can't get my blood sugars down, and I've tried, and I've adjusted my insulins, I've adjusted my bolus and my basal's, because sometimes you've got to adjust that long-term insulin uh, to give you more coverage. Yeah. Um, it, but it, you know, my body was doing its own thing. It was, it was trying to fight mm-hmm. the the infection because again, now your body's going. Well, you, in order to fight this infection, we need to give you more sugar so that you have the energy to fight, or the cells have the energy to fight it. It's a really vicious cycle. It is. Um, so you're on the pump, right? No, I'm not no, on the pump. Not. Okay. I, I'm only on, on this robotic thing. Oh, okay. So this robotic. Oh, okay. So no, so not I on remember. The pump when I was on the pump, I would have a six, sick day bolus rate and uh-huh. basal rate, and okay. I'd have to change it when I was sick just because my blood sugars would fluctuate so much. Right, right. And like when you're sick, you're not active either. Yeah, no. So your, your basal, that baseline Goes up. insulin has to go up mm-hmm. because you're not active. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then and you've I'm got really insulin good. resistance on top of that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, you're probably taking a lot of Yeah, insulin. I think I was going through 500 units of insulin, like, every two days. Wow, I bet your insurance company loved you. Oh, well, they loved my mom. I don't know about me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody looked at that. Somebody in, was paying. Uh, it wasn't me. The quality assurance and went, they're selling it. They're just selling it. They're not using it. They're selling it. Um, my mom had a side job when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, insurance companies don't understand that. No. Um, so, so, so yeah. So, um, just we, the Nyquil. When we're going back to the over-the-counter things, um, the mm-hmm. Nyquil has 19 grams of carbohydrate in a dose, 30 cc's in a little cup. Yes. So, to give you those people that aren't diabetic or haven't figured out this carbohydrate thing, um, one slice of bread is 15 grams of carbohydrate. One slice. One slice. One slice. And most diabetics uh, these days are taking one unit. Per five grams of carbs. Most diabetics. Most yes. diabetics, yeah. yes. Yeah. The average diabetic who yeah. is, is reasonably managed. I mean, yeah. if you're insulin resistant like me, you take one for every three. But yeah. from what I was looking up, because I knew we were going to do the six-day stuff, on average, they right. take. So you have to take three units of insulin for one dose yeah. of NyQuil. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think at the... Um, <laughs> I was doing, when I was taking the mucinex, because the mucinex is uh, six grams carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, my bolus for that, I think I was taking two units for that. Um, and, you know, duh, I bagged myself in the head for this one. I never even thought about it until then. Um, but I, I was making sure that it wasn't the mucinex that was causing the problem. 
Um, that's where you know, I looked at it and went, yeah, you know, Tim, you're pretty smart sometimes, but you forgot that the word syrup means sugar liquid. Mm. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, that obviously wasn't the issue, but I did uh, bolus, and I, and I do now bolus for mucinex if I take it, uh, just to prevent that problem so that that's not a contributing <clears throat> factor. Um, so sick day, you know, you just gotta, you've got to be more, more, um, attentive to your body. You have to figure out the plan that works for your body. Right. You know, like, yeah, I might test less than you do when you're sick. Yeah. Because I only test every four hours because I'm afraid to make myself drop. Right. Um, right. Make yourself drop. Because when I stack, because I take Humalog, right. I stack and I stack and I stack. And usually after, so if I'm checking my blood sugar every two hours, taking insulin every two hours, by that sixth hour, I'm going to crash. Right. And I will crash hard. Right. And that, now you're fighting with like the, the insulin. 40s. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you're fighting the insulin because the insulin is crashing. The insulin is dropping your blood sugar, and you're trying to bring it back up, mm -hmm. but it's not getting into your system fast enough. Plus, your brain is not catching up either. Yeah, um, and I'm sick, and I don't want to cook food, and I don't want to do this, so yeah, I'm drinking Gatorade for 30 minutes, hoping my blood sugar will go up. Right, right. And so the recommendation to get your blood sugar back up is 15 grams of carbohydrate, uh, and then wait 15 minutes. But when you are literally doing this, um, and your brain is doing this, and, and the inside of oh, so yeah. For those people that don't have the vision turned on, uh, I'm shaking my hands <laughs> um, <laughs> like I'm having a seizure, uh, and you're also feeling that way on the inside. You get real clammy and weak. You can't clammy, get up. Weak, um, and so your body's response to getting your blood sugar back up is to pump in adrenaline, mm -hmm. and so now you have that adrenaline effect. Your effect. Your your heart is pumping. Um, it's racing and you know you're and it's trying to get your blood sugar back up and um it's it's just a bad bad feeling so Sick, tired and freaking out yeah. yeah yeah and then you know depending on how low it is um you know, your your brain uses the majority of the of the glucose in your body yeah and if it's not there your brain is not processing um, so you have some vision issues you have thought issues mm. Um, you know, you're not thinking mm. straight. These are the these are the ones that you hear about uh, guys getting arrested for drinking disorderly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely. Yep. Yeah, and you know we're we're trying to do better with training police departments. In, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. um, not saying the person's not drunk, mm -hmm. but if they tell you they're diabetic, mm -hmm. you better be calling a squad right. to get them checked. Uh -huh. They might not be, uh -huh. but. You know, and then you know, police used to say, "Well, where are your syringes?" Well, we all don't use syringes now, <laughs> um, or we might be a type two that's on oral meds that can cause your blood sugar to drop. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can have the same hypoglycemic reaction uh, and not have any insulin, and um, which is why you know we encourage people to wear some type of identification or have some type of identifier in their car or on their person that says they are diabetic. Mm -hmm. uh, but police should, if, if somebody says they're diabetic, police should be calling a, a, an ambulance squad to have them checked. Um, you know, and if they're not, well, you know, yeah, give them credit for trying. <laughs> but even if, even if you are, you're probably going to be arrested for whatever you're being pulled over for. Um, 
And if it was diabetes related, well, now you're going to have to answer to the motor vehicle department. Can you yeah. be arrested for, yeah, I would imagine, like having a chronic condition? And well, you have, you're, supposed to, to um, you're supposed to admit it when you get your license. Mm-hmm. There's a clearance, that, there's a clearance that here in New Mexico yeah. that uh, your doctor has to sign if you yeah. are diabetic. Yeah. They have to give you clearance in order to drive. Yeah, there's a whole thing of like, when I was looking at the mm-hmm. questions, it was like, do you have a chronic condition? Right. That affects your, you know, has potential to affect whatever. Right. That's crazy. Um, and I've never seen that in any other state. That's really unique. So when I got my license um, in Baltimore, I had to have a letter from my doctor. And I had yeah. to go before the board there mm. at, the, at the MBA um, and, you know, answer some questions. And then mm-hmm. they, they stamped it positive that I could get my license. Um, but I also went into that never having had... A situation where I needed assistance from somebody else, mm-hmm. um, and so I was a I was a good example. You know, my diabetes did not interfere, um, but there are a lot of diabetics that lose their licenses um, yeah. because they get pulled over and they're hypoglycemic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are states uh, where it's law that the diabetic must test before they get in the car. Right, they have to have a record of their blood glucose before they get behind the wheel. Personally, I think that's overstepping the state's yeah, definitely um, guidance. Power. But your power, um, I understand it. Mm. But you know, as a person with diabetes, it's my responsibility to know that I'm safe to get in the car, uh, and so I, I should be doing that anyway. But to require me to do it and to keep a manual, keep a log that if I get pulled over, I have to show an officer. Yeah, uh, that's just uh, stepping too too far. That's like asking for verification if you have any other chronic illness. Uh, right. Right. Which right. we don't. So it's almost it. Kind of uh, vaguely, I mean, probably very tangentially, but reminds me of this problem that's come up recently with, uh, with um, you know, people asking the question of um, asking for proof of vaccination mm-hmm. for, you know, in the name of public safety and there being the whole ethical question of like, you know, whether or not you can really, you know, uh, uh, ask somebody to volunteer that much of their, you right. know, medical history or, yep. um, medical personality or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, it seems like a similar yeah. type of deal, but people seem to have caved in that. In that area. And part of that is legislators, um, you know, and lobbyists. Uh And, you know, we we have some good lobbyists in the diabetes world, but we don't have enough. Mm -hmm. And legislators are, um, you know, they have their own concerns. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, they're they're not thinking about what that means to the person with diabetes. They're thinking, well, that person's unsafe on the road, so we want to prove that they were safe. Yeah, and how about the guy that walked out of the um, bar, three sheets to the wind? Do, do we put breathalyzers in every car? Um, you know, because that person is just as dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so it, 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 it's it's a big question uh, as to whether it should be. Right. Well, I think the answer to all of this is the moral imperative is on the person. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. you shouldn't get in the car drunk. You shouldn't get in the car if there's a potential to not be able to drive for whatever reason. Right. You know, you shouldn't, right. you know, like, 
with COVID and everything else. And with um, you know modern technology now, um, Tish, you don't use a CGM any longer, so you no. manually test. Yes, I manually um, test. And so you know you're sticking your finger every time you test, and mm-hmm. not that there's any rationale for limiting your testing, but um, manually testing limits your desire to do it. Um, and yeah, I've been doing it my whole life, but right. But when you're looking at increasing the frequency, yeah. Um, and for some people, uh, even if they have insurance, increasing the frequency is increasing the use of the strips that they may not be able to refill for another week or two. Yeah. Very true. You know, or they're going to have to pay out of pocket for it. Mm-hmm. And just to give you an idea, um, on the higher end, 25 test strips is $50. And is that covered by insurance? Well, generally it's covered for a period, but if you use more, you have to wait till the next month to get the next refill. Otherwise, you've got to go and buy out of pocket. Well, you may not have $50. Now, there are cheaper alternatives, but you know everybody has their preference. What, do you, what meter do you use? Um, I use AccuCheck. AccuCheck. Yeah. So I get 50 test strips and I get six six bottles for a month. So I get 300 test strips for a month. Okay. So, uh, and for type 1s, the, the prescribing criteria is a little different because we mm-hmm. do have to test more frequently. Yeah. But they usually, insurance companies usually do not allow buffers. No. That you may need to test three or four times more in a day for three or four days. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not factored into their payment system. Right. Yeah. Um, and it kind of seems like if the state mandates testing before you get in the car and there's risk of running out, then they should provide... Well, once again, it comes back to your legislator. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> um, and they don't understand that. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's not a lot, enough, I guess, legislators that have diabetes themselves or yeah. that are dealing with it directly. There are some, and, and they're trying to change things. Mm-hmm. Um, but their partners, their co-legislators, they're not looking at it from their point of view. They're looking at it from how is this going to impact costs and who's it going to piss off mm-hmm. uh, instead of how do we give the people that have diabetes who didn't ask for it, especially the type 1s. Not, not, I take that back. I, I retract that. Um, nobody asks for diabetes. But type 1s had nothing to do with developing this disease. Our bodies attacked our, our organ, and now we have it. And we don't have a choice, but we're being limited in what we can um, use to give us the best treatment for when we're healthy and when we're sick. And then when we're sick, our requirements go up because we've got to get it back down. Right. Uh, so, you know, sick day is a challenge, but it, it, it comes back to accountability. Um, know your body. And like when Tish went in to... Pay attention to, to your body. Pay attention to your body because you need to know what what's normal for you. Keep logs. I wouldn't know any of this about my diabetes if... I wasn't taught to log my blood sugars, to right. log when I was sick, to... Right, because you can go back and compare. Mm-hmm. And with with technology, we've got everything on our phones now or our computers or, you know, the new meters will talk to your phone. Yeah, um, even the insulin pumps. Yeah, they the insulin talk, pumps. And... There's the whole app for it. 
Like, oh, yeah. My well, mom could download the app and control it from her phone. <laughs> maybe we just give Tish a little more. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's the insulin pump, the new meters, yeah. everything is all electronic. Everything's controlled. It's all there. There is no excuse for not keeping an eye on it and learning from it, especially if you're a new diabetic or if you're an OG diabetic mm-hmm. um, who hasn't used technology. Yeah, take that class with min, with Minimed. Like, take yeah. it. You're going to learn something new. Exactly. I guarantee you will. Exactly. Um, and so when you went to the urgent care, and, and like when I went to urgent care too, I know my body, you know your body, and so mm-hmm. you were able to tell the practitioner, this is not normal. Yeah. I know what normal is for me. This is not normal. And believe it or not, that's helpful to the practitioner. Um, as long as you're not coming off cocky. Um, or a smart ass. You're right. You're a smart ass. Um, trying to tell them what to do because they're just trying to collect information. But if you can give them good information and they can put that together with their examination. So go in there with your two days worth of blood sugar logs. Right. Test your ketones before you go because if not, they're going to test them for you. You're right. You're going to be given the cup. Yeah. Um, and I guarantee you, you'd rather do it yourself. At home, then mm-hmm. sit in the urgent care and wait for the lab results that right. are going to take an hour to two hours. Right. So go in prepared. You have the the knowledge and the data and the information. Be prepared with that because that's going to help your practitioner. That's going to get you out the door faster towards getting healthier. Now, the other thing is, so in your case, fortunately, your antibiotic worked. Mm-hmm. Know when it's not working. Yeah. So if you don't feel better within 48 hours, go back in. Right. It might not be fixed, but you should be feeling better. The, the pressure should be gone uh, or reducing, and, and you shouldn't. Your symptoms should be reducing by 48 hours. Right. And if not, then go back. And they should be telling you that, but sometimes, you know, they get busy and they don't tell you that uh, or you don't hear it. So know when things aren't working. Give it a chance. Unless... You know that's a, you know, um, what did they put you on? Um, they gave me a Z-Pack. A Z-Pack. Yeah. Pretty standard. Because I asked for it. Right. Okay, and you <laughs> asked for it. So, again, you know the Z-Pack works. Yes. And so if they had said to you, uh, well, okay, we're going to give you augmented. I would have been like, nope, I know Z-Pack works. Z-Pack uh, works. This is not my first sinus radio, rodeo. Yeah. And um, I also like the Z-Pack, too, because it's a short amount of time. And right. my diabetes, which is my main goal when I'm sick, right. goes back to normal faster. Faster. Exactly. Um, so know those things. Know what works for you. Know what doesn't work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, know what's going to spike your blood sugar more. That too. I mean, I take amoxicillin and my blood sugar will go up. I worked with a nurse um, who looked up all the meds that we were talking to our patients about and saw the, the sugar content in them, all the oral meds. Yeah, my mom the binders and things mm-hmm. are sugar. And so she would look all that up. Um, and, uh, you know, some people are sensitive to it, especially if you're insulin resistant. Yeah. Um, that little change in sugar mm-hmm. is going to require you, you to, to adjust your insulin. So you know, know what works, know what doesn't work, and don't be afraid to open your mouth and say, I've had that in the past, it doesn't really work, but I've had this and it does. Yeah. Um, and then you might have to fight with your insurance company, but that's a topic for another conversation. Um, <laughs> but um, just pay attention to your body. Yep. That's all it. Like, 
so many things could be avoided if you are logging your blood sugars, mm-hmm. logging, because then you'll be able to see your own pattern mm-hmm. and right. learn your body. So that way the doctor doesn't need to tell you this is what it should be. No, if right. we were all textbook diabetics, life would be so simple. Life would be easy. But we're not. Right. That's right. just not. It's like saying every child is the same as the text parenting books you read. Yeah, that's why there's a thousand parenting books published a year. Yeah. Uh, so, For yeah, life. actually, you know, learn learn your body. Um, write it down. Uh, even with tech. Well, however you document it. You don't necessarily have to write it down. But no. however you document it. Get the app. There's blood sugar uh, apps. There's, there's tons of apps. We're going to talk about them. We've got that. We've got a, we've got a technology episode coming up um so that was sick days i'm glad you're you're better and i was glad to hear from you that you were well and that we're ready to to broadcast again and uh, we're able to bring trevor in with us who always provides pertinent insight yes you do (laughs) yes you do Uh, because we forget we understand this stuff and we um we want we put this out there for people that don't understand it um to to get some insight into what life like a di- life of a diabetic is um, and uh, answer some questions and uh, take it from there. So we've got lots of things planned uh, for future episodes. We've got some guests uh, invited, which we think you'll, you'll like. And, uh, please send us a, an email at uh, that one type podcast at Gmail. And that's that number one type podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions comments complaints um, we want to hear it all uh, and uh, we'd like to know what you think and uh, we're we're more than happy to write you back and uh, maybe we might even have you on you got an interesting story to tell us we'd like to hear about um, uh, what we call origin stories because every person with type 1 diabetes is a superhero and so we want to know how you became that cape wearing um, friend of diabetes. Yes, please share your stories. If you want us to talk about anything, let us know. Yes, please do. Alrighty, my friends, I think uh, we have covered sick day routines and plans, etc., etc. Are you good, Tish? I'm good if you are. Alright, Trevor the Sound Guy, are you good? We're all good. See all you right. next time. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Take care.